Good day. I hope everyone had a blessed and wonderful week. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John in chapter 7. Today we'll be covering verses 14 through 24. And the title of today's lesson is that Jesus teaches at the festival. Let's go back into last week's lesson. Last week, we saw where Jesus was in the Galilee. Now, if, if you've seen a, a map of Israel, you know that the Galilee is at the northern part of Israel. And this is where Jesus actually started his ministry. And Jesus spent a lot of time in the northern part of, of, of Israel, in, in the Galilee area. And, and the scripture told us last week that he didn't want to go down into Judea. Now, Judea is the southern part of Israel, and that's where Jerusalem is located, right? And the scripture says the reason why he didn't want to go down to Judea. And that's because the religious leaders wanted to kill him. Now, we learned last week in John chapter 7, although that Jesus is God in the flesh, in other words, he's fully God, but he's fully human. We're going to see in John chapter 7, the first half of John chapter 7, that Jesus is going to take on the human form, meaning He's going to go through problems. He's going to go through tribulations. He's going to go through temptations. And that's what we've seen last week, right? And, and he, the message of all this is to us how we should handle difficult times. How we should handle when temptation comes upon us, right? Be, because although we made in the image of God, we, we, we in the flesh, right? And, and who's the father of the flesh, Jesus said, is the devil. So the devil is constantly trying to tempt us, trying to get us to doubt, right? And whenever a negative thought comes into your mind, that is not from God. That is from Satan himself, you see? And Satan is working overtime, right? The Bible tells us he's like a lion waiting to devour his prey. And if we submit to that in our weak area, right? In, our, in, in some type of stronghold that the devil has on us, right? Then we're not going to follow the plans of God, but instead we're going to follow Satan's plan. So he's constantly trying to tempt us. He's putting doubt in our mind because think about it. When you think of something, right? From your mind, it's not normally positive. It's normally negative, right? And this is from Satan because he's trying to get you to doubt. And that's what he was doing to Jesus last week in our lesson. Because although Jesus knows that it's not time for him yet to die, right? Because he's God in the flesh. But he's showing us the human side of him. And he's doubting because it's in his mind, man, they want to kill me. But you see, there's a problem. Jesus wants to stay in the Galilee. He wants to stay with the regular Jewish people. He doesn't want to go down south to the temple because that's where the religious leaders are located. And, and Jesus runs into a, a major issue here because we've seen last week that it's the festival of trumpets, right? The festival of tabernacles. And we said that there's eight festivals that the Israeli people go through throughout the year. They take part in. But three of those eight, a male over the age of 20 must attend. And the Feast of Tabernacles is one of those festivals. So Jesus is caught. Because Jesus, if, you, if he stays in the Galilee, then he's breaking the Torah. He's breaking God's law. And if he breaks God's law, remember, 
He can't be that sacrificial lamb. He can't be that, that, that sacrifice that God put him here on this earth to accomplish. And, and if he breaks it, then God's plan is crushed, you see. But if he goes down to the Galilee, he's thinking in the human form like you and me. He's saying, man, these, these guys are going to kill me. These religious leaders are going are gonna to kill me. So what is he going to do? The scripture showed us last week towards the end that he goes in secret. So he's obedient to the Father, right? And the message for us last week was that when we depend upon the word of God, when we depend upon that small voice, right? In other words, for us, it's through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Ghost. When we rely and depend and trust on him, right? Then God takes care of us. God protects us, you see? Because we said last week that the Feast of Tabernacles represents dependency upon God. And it tells us that we must always Always rely and depend upon our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. So let's jump in to today's lesson. We're going to start in verse 14 and we're going to cover verses 14 through 24 today. And verse 14 starts off like this. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and he began to teach? Now the Jews, they were amazed and they asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? And Jesus answered them, my teaching is not of my own, but it comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You're demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Then Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet, because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcised a boy on the Sabbath. Now, a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath. So that the law of Moses may not be broken. Why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge righteously. Some of your Bibles might say correctly. So let's go back up to verse 14. So let's, let's set the stage again. Remember, Jesus, he's, he's fighting temptation. He was in the Galilee. The Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Tabernacles is taking place, and he's caught. Should I go down south? I really don't want to go because he's thinking from a human standpoint, I'm going to be put to death. But if he stays in the north, in the Galilee, he's breaking the Torah. Now, he goes secretly, the Bible told us last week. 
So we see that Jesus goes down to Judea, goes down to the temple in Jerusalem, but he goes secretly. But look what verse 14 tells us right here. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and he began to teach. Now, this is the last place he should go, right? Now, why is that, you should say? Because last week we know that the religious leaders were trying to kill him. And that's why Jesus feared going south. But yet, he goes in secret. But right now, it's halfway of the week. And we see that Jesus now puts away the fear. He trusts in God. And he goes to the temple and he begins to teach. Now, to understand this scripture... A little better, you need to understand about the Feast of Tabernacles. The festival lasted seven days, right? And we said last week that the Feast of Tabernacles represented the, the Israelites' exit from Egypt. How they was out in the wilderness, right? And God speaks to Moses and he tells Moses, I want you from now on to celebrate this festival with my people. So they can remember what their ancestors did. And what did they do? They relied upon God. They trusted God, right? They, they lived in shelters made of man-made like leaves and, and, and uh, trees and branches and so forth. They lived in tents, man-made tents. So what happens from that day forward that God gave the law to Moses, they celebrated this once a year in the fall after the harvest, God had said. And they do this every year still up to today. They still celebrate this festival. And if you're a Jew male, 20 years or older, you must attend. And if you don't, you break the Torah. And that's the last thing they want to do is to go against the word of God, is to go against God himself, right? But the first day of this festival is, is, is a Sabbath day, right? It's a holy, holy day of, of convocation, right? So you can't do anything according to... To the law. But the remaining six days are normal days, meaning you can do whatever. You can do work and so forth, right? In other words, you can do normal things. Now, what Jesus is doing right here in the middle of the festival, Jesus does what he always does when he goes down to Jerusalem. When Jesus always went to Jerusalem, right, he was always teaching and preaching. But where did he go? He goes to the temple. And we see the same thing happening here right now he's at the temple and he's teaching now he just was fearful but in the midweek he gets the courage he puts fear aside he trusts in God right and that's the message for us is that that when we trust in God right that God will shelter us that God will protect us that God will provide for us amen and he's out in the in in the public area and he's teaching now, you got to understand the religious leaders, they're all around the temple and they see him. Now, we know from last week's lesson that they want to kill him. But look what they say in verse 15. This is how God works. You see, when you trust in God, when you walk in obedience to God, when you're willing to do God's plan and do God's will for your life, watch what, watch what God does to Jesus. The Jews were amazed and they asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught. Now, 
the Jews, we're speaking about the religious leaders here. When it says, when the scripture says the Jews were amazed, is the religious leaders. They were amazed. It's a small group of Pharisees, right? They're supposed to lead Israel, right? Spiritually with God, spiritually walking with God, following the Torah, right? But we know this from previous studies. They're not following the Torah. They know the Torah, but they push the Torah aside. And they put more emphasis on the traditions of the elders, the oral law. That's why they say, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? You see, you see, in, in Israel, the Pharisees were one small religious sect, you can say a sector. And they went to school, not only to study the law of Moses, the commandments of God, Right? the Torah, but they also study their own man-made laws. They study the oral law. They study the traditions of the elders that was made from man and passed down from one generation to the next generation. That's their culture. That was their tradition. So yet, when Jesus begins to teach right here, they're all in amazement because Jesus is teaching exactly what they teach at their schools and they know that Jesus is not a part of their private sector, so to speak. Right? So when Jesus begins to speak, man, they're all in amazement and they're saying, how does this man know this without ever having been taught? See, the message for us is this. When we trust God's word, when we trust in God, right? God is always going to work on our behalf. Amen. God is always going to put a hedge of protection around you. God is always going to provide for you. God is always going to open doors that no man can shut. Amen. So that's why they say, how did this man learn without even having been taught? Because Jesus was teaching the traditions of the elders. Jesus was teaching the oral law. And they wonder, how can this man know this? Well, I'm going to tell you how he can know this. Because... He's the son of God, amen? He's God in the flesh, and God knows all things, amen? Verse 16, and Jesus answered, my teaching is not of my own, but it comes from the one who sent me. So right here, Jesus is telling him again, I am the son of God. Jesus is telling him again, I am the bread of life. Jesus is telling them, I am the Messiah that the prophets talked about in the Old Testament and pointed to. But yet you don't know this because you disregard the Torah. You push the Torah aside for your man-made traditions, for your man-made laws, for your oral law, the traditions of the elders. Verse 17, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Now, look at that first text. Jesus says, anyone who chooses to do the will of God, right? You see, any time that you desire to follow God's will, in other words, you, you begin to understand God. Why? How? Through prayer. For us, it's through the Holy Spirit. When you seek Him through His Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? When you have that intimate relationship with Him, when you walk in His ways, when you do His will, then God's going to open doors, people that no man can shut. 
God will work tremendously through you so you can give all the glory and praise and honor to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I have a question for you. Does this define you, right? In other words, are you someone who wants to do the Father's will? Are you someone that is obedient to the Father through the Holy Spirit? Are you someone that's spending time in prayer? Are you in Scripture? Are you reading the Bible? Are you reading the truth of God? Because when you do that, God works mightily in a mighty way for you. Amen. Look what he says. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Now, why is this so important? Because there's a promise attached to verse 17 here, right? And it's this, that every time that we say, God, I want to do your will, right? I mean, look at the our Father, right? Let not my will be done, but who? But yours. And any time we say that and we mean it, not just say it, talk is cheap, you see? Anytime we, we, we do it, we, we be submissive to God. We be submissive to His Word. We listen to the truth. We follow the truth. We walk in obedience. We push the flesh aside. And we commit to God the Father through Jesus Christ, right? Through the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, right? See, any time that we do God's will, then what's going to happen? He's going to give us illumination. He's going to give us revelation. He's going to convict us for what is right and what is wrong, right? But you see, here's the problem with the leadership. See, the religious leaders, they, they weren't interested in God's will. They weren't interested in doing God's plan. They wanted to do their own plan. They wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to do their own will. And because of this, they're deceived. Because of this, they're blinded. Because of this, they miss out on their Savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. You see, every time you say, God, Thank God, I'm going to do your will. I'm going to submit. And you do it. Then God begins to work through you and your life by means of the Holy Spirit, by means of the Holy Ghost, right? And like I said, he's going to reveal the truth to you, right? He's going to reveal things to you as you continue to walk in obedience, as you continue to show him that you're doing his will and not your will. Why? Because you are getting closer to the Father when you do that. See, we all say, God, I want to do your will. But do we really mean it? Are we really walking in obedience? See, there's a lot of us that want to, want to play the flesh a little bit, but also be holy. And Jesus says, you can't do that. You've got to choose. Remember, like the disciples, he told his disciples in Scripture a couple of weeks ago, right? What he says, he says, are you going to walk away like the rest of them? Are you going to walk away like the rest of the crowds? Jesus says, go. See, there's no compromising with Jesus. You're either on his team or you're not on his team, so to speak. Now, I'm coaching and talking in coach terms right here, right? Because I'm a coach, you know, by, 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 by trade, you can say, but, you know, but, but this is what he's doing. The question I have for you, are you on team Jesus tonight? Are you following the will of God? Or are you like these religious leaders? you like these Pharisees, right? You're going to do your own thing. You're not going to be obedient to the Father. You're not going to spend time with Him in prayer. You're not going to spend time reading His Bible and reading the truth and reading His Word. Then if you do that, then you're on your own. God says, I can't work in your life. 
Why? Because all the you not, you, your glory is for yourself. You want to do things for yourself so you can get the glory, where you can get all the attention. But instead, we put on this earth to do God's will, to do God's plan, to enlarge the kingdom of God, to do good works. Now, you're not saved by works. You're saved by faith. But once you become saved, a born-again Christian, now you take on the character of Jesus. You take on the attributes of Jesus. And that means you do good work because you get rewards that are waiting for you in the kingdom of God. But if you don't do that, then you live for the flesh. You're living for this earth. And Jesus says that all things will pass away. You don't live for this earth, people. Treasure, get things Put them away and store them up for what? For the kingdom of heaven. Store them up for the kingdom of God. Why? Because when you get rewards in heaven at the Bema seat, because we're all going to be judged whether or not we saved or not, right? You're going to be judged. If you saved, you're going to be judged for your works. How much good deeds you did. So good deeds are important, but good deeds doesn't save you. And for every good deed you did, he'll give you a crown. And you're going to place back at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because all glory and honor goes to Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Look what he says in verse 18. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is the man of truth. There is nothing false with him. So let's look at that first text. He says, whoever speaks of his own does so to gain personal glory. You see, if someone is seeking his own glory, he's definitely not seeking the will of the Lord. He's definitely not seeking the will of God. And therefore, his revelation is not teaching from heaven. His revelation is not teaching from God Almighty himself through the Holy Spirit, right? Meaning there's no revelation from God. Meaning there's no illumination from God. But it's only through his own word. It's only through man's word. That's why it's so important, people, to know the Scriptures. It's so important to stick to the Scriptures. That's why we do this Bible-based study. Every week, we go line by line and text by text because it gives you the truth of God. This is God's Word. This is the truth of God, right? And we're going to talk a little bit in a few minutes that sometimes God's Word stings. Sometimes the truth hurts us. But that's God convicting us to tell us that we need to look more deeper at ourselves. But we don't do that, a lot of us. When we hear the truth and it stains, we walk away. We walk away from the truth. We walk away from God, right? And God says, you can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm convicting you because I want you to see the truth. I want you to live by the truth because I am the truth. Amen? But he who seeks the glory... Of the one who sent him is the man of truth, Jesus says. Look what he says. There is nothing false about him, right? See, Jesus right here is speaking about himself. But he's also not speaking about himself. It's the principle that's for all of us as well, right? When we seek the truth, when we walk in truth, right? Then he's going to dwell in us and speak. And defend us, right? Fight our battles for us on our behalf. You see, when he speaks about the one who sent him, right? And this phrase appears over and over in the Gospel of John. The one who sent me. The one who sent me, he says, right? 
He's speaking of God the Father, right? And this expression, the one who sent me, is one of an expression of authority, right? Now, what is Messiah trying to reveal about himself right here, right? This is what he's saying. He's saying that everything that I do, everything I did, everything I'm going to do, right? Everything I say, everything I teach, I'm submitting to authority of truth. I'm submitting to the authority of my heavenly Father. And we know that these two things go together. What am I talking about? See, when I understand, or when you understand, when we understand that we are called to submit to His authority, and we, we, when we submit to His authority, right? When we do the will of God, when we follow God's plan, right? When we're obedient to Him, then what's going to be the outcome of that? He's going to use us as a vessel. He's going to use us as an instrument whereby we can manifest God's glory to other people. Amen? See, God wants to use you, right? There's a calling and there's a gift and there's a talent that God put on the inside of you to enlarge His kingdom. It's just my calling is teaching. And I fought this calling for the longest time till finally I surrendered. And I said, God, not my will, but yours. Use me as you want. I'm yours. And, be, and, and look, because of that, my life has changed tremendously for the positive. But I still have trouble. I still have problems and tribulations. Just because you're going to surrender and walk in obedience to the Father doesn't mean you're never going to have problems. But you see, the difference from me, the old me compared to the new me, is that I know that God's in control. And no matter what situation that I face or my family faces, right, I put it in the Lord's hands. Because I know that this season of, of difficulty, right, this season of, of maybe uh, hard times, so to speak, doesn't last forever. We're in the valley. But I know that Jesus, he might be dragging me, but he's dragging me up that mountain. And finally, I'm going to reach the mountain peak. I'm going to reach the mountaintop. So when you go through problems and you go through tribulations, this is my point, doesn't last forever. Stay close to God, trusting God, because God has a good plan. Well, why is he putting me through all this? To test your faith. To see if you're truly honoring Him and being obedient to Him, right? Because there's a lot of people, they start off trusting, but when it doesn't happen and when they think in their mind that it should be over, they walk away from God and they say, God doesn't hear me. God doesn't love me. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. You, you created you. He wants, he wants you to be in His family. See, you got to be invited into the family of God, although He created you. See, you can't be in the family of God if you're not committed. You can't be in the family of God if you're not going to walk in obedience to the Father. You can't be in the family of God if you don't know Jesus Christ on a personal level, amen? You can't be in the family of God if you don't take on the character of Jesus, the attributes of Jesus. 
And there's a lot of us, we lukewarm. There's a lot of us, <laughs> we play defense. I'm holy on Sunday or I'm holy on Saturday, but the rest of the week I live for the flesh. And that's not going to cut it, people. Jesus says, if you lukewarm, there's no place for you in my kingdom. Jesus said, if you lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out on judgment day. And the Bible says, the minute you die, you're appointed to die once, right? Then you face what? The Bible says, judgment. See, when you die, your body's dead, but your soul lives on. And where are you going next is for eternity. And the minute you die, you're either going, you're going to face judgment, and you, God's either going to put you in hell, or God's going to put you in heaven. And those two things change. When the kingdom of God, the new Jerusalem is here on this earth, and all things are created new, and at the end of that thousand-year millennial reign, you know what Jesus does? All those that are evil and wicked, all those that weren't obedient to the Father, all those that didn't repent of sins, all those that didn't know Jesus on a personal level, right? what they do? They're in hell, but what happens? He puts them in the lake of fire for eternity. That's what it's called. And all those that are in heaven, right? When that new Jerusalem comes down and the millennial reign is over, and right after the great white throne judgment, then what happens? He establishes the eternal kingdom of God. And that goes on forever to, for eternity. So you see, he wants to use us for a purpose to enlarge his kingdom. He wants to use us. He wants to give us illumination. He wants to give us revelation, right? So that the spirit of the Lord can work in us. That we can enlarge his kingdom and all glory and honor goes to the Father. So he wants you to be a valuable vessel for the kingdom. Look what else Jesus says in that scripture, going back to the scripture in verse 18. He says this, now there is nothing false about him, right? So if we read what verse 18 says, he says, whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. And look what he says, there is nothing false about him. So what he's saying here is this, that there's no unrighteousness in him, right? See, everything is righteous about God. Everything is righteous about Jesus. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is all about righteousness, people. It's all about holiness. That's why you can't be lukewarm. Because if you lukewarm, you're not all righteous. There's some unrighteous in you. That's why you got to continue to walk in the spirit. Continue to, to kill the flesh. Deny the flesh. And walk in the Spirit. Now we see a connection between the one who walks and lives in the truth. And what is the outcome of that, right? There are righteous people. There are holy people, right? In other words, they never violate the truth of God. Now, are you going to violate it? Yes. But what he's saying here is this. When you violate it, if you're walking in the Spirit, it convicts you. And when it convicts you, what do you do? You repent. And repent means to turn away from it. You don't go back to it. You, can, you, you try and you continue to be committed to God and you walk in obedience to the Father. But you see, whenever someone violates the truth of God, then what happens in their life? Unrighteousness 
begins to happen. And if we don't change it, that unrighteousness begins to manifest into disaster, into evil. And the Bible tells us sometimes, right, if you don't repent, you don't become closer to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus and you never repent, that your heart becomes hardened and hardened and hardened. Like Pharaoh, his heart became hardened, the Bible tells us. Then you separated from God. And there's a point where God can't even reach you no more because you're so far away from Him because the manifestation of unrighteousness, the manifestation of evilness and wickedness has ruled in your life for a long time. And you don't hear the small voice of the Holy Spirit. You don't invite the Holy Spirit. You just live for the flesh. See, what does this bring about, right, you ask? It's an invitation for the enemy to come in to do work on you, to become a stronghold in areas that you are weak in your life because the devil knows where you're weak, right? He does this because he wants you following his will. He doesn't want you in the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't want you in the kingdom of God. So he takes a stronghold on you in the areas that you are weak in your life, and he knows. See, a perfect example of this is a person full of pride, right? The person always tries to glorify himself, right? What he or she did. It's all about me. Look what I did. I and me. But when you do that, it's definitely an invitation for the enemy to come into your life, to control you. Another example is an addiction that someone has. Whatever it is. That's of the devil, it's not, it's not of the spirit, people. See, the only one that can cure you of an addiction is God. By means of the Holy Spirit. By being in prayer. By walking in obedience to the Father. But you see, when you never spend time in prayer, when you don't know the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, when you don't hear the small voice of the Holy Spirit, right? When you don't walk in obedience, when you don't rely on Him, when you don't trust on Him, then you're leaving an opening for the enemy to come in and dangle that carrot, whatever it is, with your temptation of your addiction. And that's why people can never overcome addictions. Because they listen to their mind instead of listening to the Word of God, instead of listening to the truth of God, instead of listening to that small voice by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Verse 19. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me, he says. Now look what he says right here in that first text. He says, has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Now remember who is he talking about here, right? The scripture says the crowds. But when the scripture says the crowds, it's more specifically meaning the religious leaders, Right? You see, the religious leaders weren't following the truth. The religious leaders were teaching and following the oral law, the traditions of the elders, right? So what he's saying here is that you, you follow what you believe. They aren't following the truth of God. They aren't following the revelation of God. But instead, you're following the traditions of man that had been handed down from one spiritual leader to another. 
Now, when I say spiritual leader, I mean one that was appointed, not anointed by God. Now, why do I say this, right? Because there's a connection between the anointing of God and the submissiveness to the word of God. Let me give you an example. Jesus, if you go back to Matthew 15, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders. And in Matthew 15, Jesus tells them, why do you forsake the commandments of God? Now listen to what he says. For the traditions of the elders. You see, this is important. Because he's telling us, not only the religious leaders, but he's telling us that when we follow the traditions of man, We forsake the commandments of God. That's what Jesus is saying here, right? See, my question to you is this. Are you religious? Or do you seek the word of God? Because a religion is a tradition. A religion is a culture that's been handed down from one generation to the next. Now, that's the truth, what I'm speaking. And there's some of you ain't going to like to hear that. You won't like to hear what I'm saying right here, right? But that's what I was talking about earlier. You see, God's convicting you right now. Now, there's nothing wrong with being religious. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being religious. Understand that. I'm saying, do you put religion before the truth of God? That's what I'm saying. Because that's what these religious leaders, the Pharisees, were doing. They forsake the Torah. They forsake the commandments of God. And they follow their own tradition. And my question to you is, what are you doing? Are you following the traditions of man? Or are you following the truth of God? Look what he says. Why are you trying to kill me, he says. See, the point he's making is this. These Pharisees are accusing Jesus of wrong teaching. They're accusing Jesus of being disobedient to the Father. So he's saying, even if I were, now we know that he's not being disobedient, right? But they didn't see this. See, they didn't perceive his teaching as being in line with the truth of God, as being in line with the word of God. With the law of Moses. Why? Man, because they were so far removed from the truth of God themselves. And when you're so far removed from the truth, what's going to be the outcome? It gives a false perception. You deceived. You're not going to see things from God's vantage point. How God sees it and how God wants you to see it. So God can use you as an instrument. So God can use you as a vessel to enlarge his kingdom. So when Jesus comes right here speaking the truth, speaking the word of God, the religious leaders, they don't recognize it. They don't understand. They don't understand what Jesus is talking about because they neglect the truth. They're deceived because of their own traditions. That's what Jesus is saying. And Jesus is saying to us, or are we deceived because of man-made traditions today? Or do we rely on the word of God first? Look what they say in verse 20. 
You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Now, remember, the crowd is the religious leaders. Now, there's crowds of people there. There's regular Jews there. But he's speaking right here. He's calling out the religious leaders. So you see right here, they're saying, who's trying to kill you? They're denying it. Again, they're denying the truth. Now, we know the religious leaders. Man, from the very beginning, right, of Jesus' ministry. You can go back to the Gospel of Matthew when Jesus first started, right? And John the Baptist sees, oh, there's the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, right? Jesus began his ministry. From that point on, the Pharisees heard. The Pharisees followed Jesus. They wanted to put him to death. Why? Because they had an objective. And their objective was this. Jesus spoke about the kingdom. But they knew about the kingdom. But they didn't like the kingdom that Jesus was speaking about. Why? Because they wouldn't have control. They wouldn't have any power. Pride. So they didn't like what Jesus was teaching. It didn't fit their narrative, so to speak, right? It didn't fit their objective. It convicted them. See, Jesus, when Jesus taught, he spoke the truth. And because he spoke the truth, it went, it went against what they were teaching, what they believed, because they followed the traditions of the elders. They followed the oral law. And when Jesus calls them out on the truth, it begins to convict them. And what, what do I mean? Jesus calls out the sin in their life. You see, when we rightly come in contact with the truth of God, now, whether we embrace it or we don't embrace it, right? But when the truth of God is being proclaimed to you, when the truth of God is being stated in general, and, and a lot how it works, this is how God works, this is how the Spirit works. When you hear a preacher or you hear a priest or you hear a pastor, you hear a minister or a teacher speaking the Word of God, and it convicts you, you think he's talking directly to you. Because he is. Because the Spirit's convicting you. And it convicts us. See, it brings to the forefront that we're wrong. It brings to the forefront that we're living in sin. That we're not following the truth of God, right? You see, in many of us, we don't like this. So what do we do? And we just walk away from the truth. And we go down the road and we find someone that... that agrees with us, that justifies with us in their own words. So we're relying more on man and we following the word of man than following the truth of God. And this is exactly what these religious leaders stood for. See, they, they believe a person could be happy according to his or her own will, but not God's will. And people, that's not true. Now going back to the scripture, look what he says. He says, they say, you are demon-possessed. These are the religious leaders talking right here. Who is trying to kill you? Now, there's a lot of scholars right here that debate. Some scholars say that most people knew that they were trying to kill him. Some scholars say that not too many people knew they were trying. It, it doesn't matter. We know the truth because we got the word of God and we're reading it. And from the very beginning, the word of God says they were trying to entrap him. Why? To get him arrested so they can put him to death. But here, they're denying it. Because when you're not walking in the spirit, you're not walking in the truth of God. You don't follow the word of God. 
then you do just like these Pharisees do, just like these religious leaders do. You deceive. And you lie. And you try to cover yourself, right? See, again, we know that they were trying to put him to death. But the question is why? Why they wanted to kill him, right? I just told you. Because Jesus spoke about this kingdom that was to come, and they wouldn't have full control. They wouldn't have full power. You see, and if you're a follower of Christ, you don't care about control. You don't care <laughs> about power. You don't. You care about serving. You care about giving glory to God. It's not about you. It's not about all your works. Right? People do good works, man. They do good works, and the first thing they do, they blast it all over social media. Then you're glorifying yourself. You're not glorifying the Father. Mother's calling like it is. And there's going to be a lot of people right here that don't like that or said that. But it's the truth. Who are you glorifying? Because if you point yourself out, then you want the attention to be on you. Look what I did. No. Look what the Father done through me. That's what you should be saying. You want to post? That's what you should be posting. Right? Obviously, I honestly shouldn't be posting nothing. Should be humble. That's what you should be. But give God the glory, amen? The second reason is because he convicted them. See, when people are going against the word of God, I'm going to say it again. They don't like to hear the truth, man. Because the truth stains them. The truth hurts. That's why you, you see a lot of people today, they jump from church to church. They jump from small groups and Bible studies to other ones, right? Because they become mad and angry at the priest or the pastor, the minister or the teacher because they, could, they, they felt convicted. Well, don't be mad at whoever's teaching it and whoever's preaching it. It's the Holy Spirit that's saying, you better change your ways. You better look closely at the Word of God. You better follow the truth of God. But you see, we, we don't want to hear that. But I'm going to tell you this, people. You should be want to be convicted so you can change and become more intimate through His Son, Jesus Christ, to honor Him. Because at some point, if you never change, it's too late. Then you're going to stand at the judgment in front of Jesus because all power and glory is given to Jesus, the Bible tells us. And you're going to have to answer for this. So if you're feeling convicted right now, seek God in prayer. Seek the Word of God. Seek the truth of God. Because when, when a teacher or a preacher or a pastor or a priest says something, the Holy Spirit's working through them to reach you. Amen? But there's a lot of people, they just they don't want to hear the truth. Man, so what do they do, right? They, they just they go somewhere else, right? And that's not, that's not what God wants for us. Because we all sinners. Amen? Think about it. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. That's why when people say, man, I'm a good person, I'm getting into heaven. No, you're not a good person. What you mean you're not a good person? Coach, why are you saying that? Because we're sinful. 
And, and the only one that can cleanse us of that sin is Jesus Christ, amen? It's having to know him on an intimate level, on a personal level. That's the only one that can cleanse you, but you're still not good. There's only one that's good. There's only one that's holy. There's only one that's righteous. There's only one that never sinned is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But because of what he did at the cross of Calvary, right, we can still be redeemed. We can still enter into his kingdom. But you got to be committed. Verse 21. Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Now, he's, what he's referring to here is, if we go back to John chapter 5, right? The lame man at the pool of Bethesda, if you remember, right? Remember, Jesus healed this man, but Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. But Jesus did that to reveal who he was, to reveal that he was the Son of God, to reveal that he was the Messiah, right? For the purpose of revelation, we can say. Now, when that happened, the religious leaders were amazed, but at the same time, they were also angry. Why? Because what Jesus did and what Jesus was sharing went against their own man-made laws. It went against their own authority. In other words, because of what Jesus did, right? Jesus was preaching and Jesus was teaching. Jesus was healing, right? Jesus heals on the Sabbath. It comes in conflict with what they believe. Why am I saying that? Because you're going to see in a minute, according to their rules, according to their traditions, you couldn't do anything on the Sabbath. But that's not necessarily true. See, that's what they said on their own man-made laws. But that's not what the law of Moses said. That's not what the law of God says. We're going to get to that in a minute. Verse 22. Look what Jesus tells them. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, Jesus says, but it came from the patriarchs. You circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now why is this so important when Jesus says, it didn't actually come from Moses, but from the patriarchs. See, many people wrongly tie circumcision to the law of God, to the law of Moses. And this is not right. It's wrong. See, circumcision, although it's a part, is one commandment of the 613 commandments found in the law of Moses. Yes, it's in there. But it did not originate with Moses. See, Moses did not receive that commandment originally from God. He wrote it down in the law of Moses but it predates Moses. Remember how I told you to understand the gospel of John? We need, John's going to always refer back to the book of Genesis. So if you go back to the book of Genesis in chapter 17, chapter 17 talks about God speaking to a man named Abram, that later God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. And it's through Abraham and his two sons, Isaac and Jacob, that's the patriarchs. This is where circumcision began. God gave it to Abraham. Abraham gave it to Isaac and passed it down. Isaac passed it down to Jacob. And it went down from one generation to the next generation. And that's what we have today. 
And we know that circumcision, what is the purpose of it, right? It's a kingdom covenant, you can say. Circumcision is about killing the flesh. It's the death of the flesh. And it's only through faith in Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that we bury that flesh and we live in obedience to the, to the word of God. We live in obedience to, to God. So he says this, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now this is true even to today. What do I mean is this? See, according to the scriptures, Jews are commanded to circumcise on the eighth day, even if it falls upon the Sabbath. And circumcision in Judaism today is a type of healing, right? In other words, it causes this day, this eighth day of circumcision, right? It's when a boy comes into a covenant relationship with God. Verse 23. Now, if a boy, Jesus says, can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, Jesus tells him this, then why are you angry at me for healing a man's whole body? On the Sabbath. So we see again, Jesus right here calls him out. Jesus right here calls the truth on him. He lays the truth on him, right? Now, biblically, the Sabbath day means a day of restoration. Because Sabbath is related to kingdom. I just told you that. You see, many of God's miracles and many miracles that Jesus performed actually happened on the Sabbath day. Why? Because you see the Jews in Judaism, on the Sabbath day, now Sabbath day is supposed to be a day of rest, right? But they read the Torah three times a day. But after reading the Torah, what the Jews do, they pray to God to heal the sick. Now this is the Sabbath day. Now according to their man-made laws, according to the oral law, the traditions of the elders, Man, you can't do anything on the Sabbath. You can't work on the Sabbath. But yet they're praying to God for God to heal the sick on the Sabbath. You see, they're praying to God to heal because God is in the business of healing. God can heal at any time, any place, and anywhere on anybody, right? So there's a connection here between healing and the Sabbath. A Sabbath is a day of healing. In other words, you can say a Sabbath is a day of restoration, right? So what Jesus did, he healed on the Sabbath because he's God in the flesh. Jesus is showing his identity. He's showing his divinity as the only begotten son of God because he often healed on the Sabbath. So that's why when he tells them, why are you mad at me? He says, you bring about restoration. You want God to heal on the Sabbath, right? You even do on the Sabbath, you, you circumcise on the Sabbath, right? Why? But yet you telling me that I'm doing wrong? You telling me that I'm teaching wrong? You telling me that I'm being no disobedient to God? You want God to heal? You circumcise on the Sabbath? He says, why can't I heal an entire man that was lame for 38 years on the Sabbath? So Jesus, once again, he's calling out the truth. 
He's calling them out. Jesus is making them look like hypocrites, is what he's, and that's why they didn't like Jesus. Because Jesus hurt them with the truth. Not that he wanted to hurt them, he just, he tells the truth. And that's how Jesus is to us in his word. His word is the truth. And sometimes his word stains people. And if it stains you, are you going to walk away and deny it like the Pharisees right here? Or are you going to dig deeper into the truth and trust God and start living for the truth and start following the truth and start being obedient to the Father? Verse 24, last verse 4 today. Stop judging by mere appearances, Jesus says, but instead judge righteously. Some of your Bibles might say correctly. So righteousness is related to the kingdom, we said, right? Now, if you look at Matthew 6, when Jesus says, he says, seek first the kingdom. And he goes on to say, and it's what? Righteousness. So we see a connection once again between kingdom and righteousness. That's why only righteous people is going to be in the kingdom of heaven. People is going to be in the kingdom of God. There's going to be no unrighteous people in the kingdom of God. It's all going to be righteous and holy people. People that are obedient to the Father. People that are obedient to the truth of God. People that are obedient to His Word and trust Him. So what He's telling them is this. He's saying, you know what? You need to judge things according to kingdom truth. You don't need to judge things based upon the wisdom of the world. Based upon the wisdom of man. You see, people, it's only when we accept Yeshua. Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? that we believe in the truth, that we follow the truth, right? It's only then that we we're going to be able to live righteously. It's only then that we're going to have that kingdom perspective. Amen? And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to be back next week. We're going to continue on in John chapter 7. We sure do appreciate you all tuning in. Feel free to, to share this podcast. Get the word out. You know, let's let's try to Let's try to enlarge the kingdom with the truth. Let's try to enlarge the kingdom with the word of God. and Maybe share it to a family member, share it to a friend and so forth and let them hear the truth. Because once again, there's a lot of people that don't know the truth. There's a lot of people that deny the truth. And that's why we do these Bible studies weekly, verse by verse, line by line, text by text. It's, it's to, for people to understand the truth of God, to come closer to God through his son Jesus because Jesus is the truth. Till next week, we love you guys. Go be a blessing for someone this week in a positive way. Until next week, God bless.